1: Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss direct-to-consumer brand marketing. Joining us is Ahmad Hassan, who is the co-founder and CEO of Retina AI, which is a consumer intelligence company focused on customer lifetime value that is transforming the way customer acquisition for high-growth brands such as Nestle, Madison Reed, and Dollar Shave Club operates. Yesterday, Ahmad and I talked about direct-to-consumer marketing, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about using CAC to ROAS ratios to measure your business's health. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Ahmad Hassan, co-founder and CEO of Retina AI. Ahmad, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Good to see you again, Ben.
1: Pleasure to have you back on the show. Excited to continue our conversation from yesterday where we talked about what's happening and some of the secrets of marketing direct to consumer. And my takeaway from that conversation was you basically need to have enough seed data to understand who your customers are. And you could feed not only what your conversions are back to the Googles and Facebooks of the world, but you can also give them an understanding of how valuable those customers are and then set bid caps based on segmentations for who are going to be your future valuable customers. This all goes back into a math game of how much am I willing to pay? How well do I understand the value of the customers? And I think that most marketers are familiar with the ratios, the CAC to ROAS or CAC to LTV ratios. It's something that we generally get evaluated on. First off, talk to me about what those ratios are and why they're important.
2: So let me talk about it from the perspective of the d c company's founder. They're starting this company generally to build a brand and a brand that's valuable, not only for the consumer, but for the company itself as it goes through different rounds of funding and eventually either an IPO or acquisition. I had the chance to chat with folks who buy companies, like private equity firms who buy D2C brands. And I had the chance to chat with a lot of investment banks who facilitate these consumer D2C brand transactions. And my goal was to try to deeply understand. How are these companies evaluated for the multiples of revenue or multiples of EBITDA? And pretty much everybody said the most important element of what the valuation turns out to be is not just user growth, but the value of that growth. And that is measured by the LTV to CAC ratio.
1: So hang on. When somebody's evaluating the worth of your business, they're not looking at the amount of money that you're making. They're not looking at the body count. What they're looking at is the ratio for how much you can acquire your customer and then what the value of those customers are going to be. That feels a little backwards to me. Hey, look, if the customers aren't very valuable, but I can get billions of them, you got a pretty valuable company. And on the flip side, if I can only get one or two customers, but they are tremendously valuable, you probably have a valuable customer. Why is this ratio so important where it seems like there can be A wide swing between the way that you're building it
2: so let's go to both of those scenarios let's say that you have a company with tons of customers but you are just barely profitable or let's say barely unprofitable let's say you're losing one cent for every customer but you have a billion customers you have an unprofitable business your whatsapp yeah basically which has a different type of valuation you're valuing the future value of these customers and in some way, and in the WhatsApp case, it's like, yes, there's advertising value that hasn't been yet realized, but there will be. But what's really interesting about all of this is whenever any consumer business goes up for a transaction, which might be an investing event or might be an acquisition or an IPO, they're not paying attention to the LTV to CAC ratio as much as they should. And the reason I say that is what they'll do is they'll take all of their historical customers and do the average LTV and do the average CAC. And I think they're doing a huge disservice to their business because they don't do that with EBITDA. EBITDA is what typically you've valued a business in the past, like your multiples of EBITDA. And what typically will happen is you would hire an accounting firm that comes in and generates a quality of earnings report that says, yes, you're looking at this EBITDA that is rearward looking your EBITDA, but here's the adjusted EBITDA, which is when you take out all the BS of like what revenue was not really reflective of true future of the business, here's the adjusted EBITDA, and that's what you should be valuing the company on. What we're seeing is that this is the same kind of an activity you can be doing on the customer base. So if you're a D2C business, you've started the business, and you've spent the first 18 months in experimentation mode, and you've found that there is a certain customer base that is not a customer you're looking to serve in the future, you ought to build out an adjusted EBITDA number, which is Identifying the segments of customers that are not LTV positive, keeping the ones that are not profitable, and using that as an adjusted LTV to cash ratio to look at the future value of the business based on that.
1: If you spend a million dollars inefficiently to get enough data to understand who your customers are, that million dollars should not get counted against you when you're trying to figure out the future of your business. Exactly. So I interrupted you there by asking my silly questions. You were talking about the private equity firms and the investment banks and how they say that your, was it CAC to ROAS or CAC to LTV ratios are the most important? Yeah. Let me ask you this question. I'm going to interrupt you again. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X.co. What's the difference in the metrics of CAC to ROAS and CAC to LTV? What are the two metrics used for?
2: ROAS is basically return on ad spend, which is if you're spending some amount of money, return on ad spend is typically measured by the value of the first transaction, divided by the money you spent to get that transaction. That's the ROAS metric. The LTV metric is not the numerator. Instead of using just the first transaction, you use sum of all the transactions. And that's that LTV metric, right? So you should be comparing LTV to CAC versus ROAS as two different metrics.
1: Okay, so basically what I'm hearing is the CAC to ROAS is your return on the ad spend, which is, am I making money on the first transaction from this customer? My cost for acquisition is $100. The return on ad spend is $50. My CAC to ROAS ratio is two. On the flip side, my CAC to LTV, same acquisition cost. I still bought that customer for $100. Their first transaction was $100. They're going to have 10 transactions of equal value. They're a 1000 And Now my CAC to LTV is, what is that, at one-tenth?
2: We flip that around. Usually we say LTV to CAC. Not CAC to LTV.
1: LTV to CAC. All right. So it's a 10. That's right. Good. Bigger numbers. That sounds better.
2: Well, I'll tell you <laughs> what the secret numbers are. If your LTV to CAC ratio is less than three, you're in trouble. Most private equity firms are not willing to look at companies that have an LTV to CAC ratio below three, unless average order value is humongous. On the other end, if your LTV to CAC ratio is north of five or six, then you're in an amazing spot to have all kinds of investor conversations or even acquisition conversations. But that tends to be the range. Like I see most DTC companies between three to five is generally where the LTV to CAC ratios are on a healthy business.
1: Three to five is the range from you're in trouble to let's take you out to dinner. Exactly. In the back of my head, I'm trying to think of what our CAC to LTV ratio is for selling podcast sponsorships. (laughs) And it's like, all right, well, the average sponsorship lifetime value is 18 grand. How much money do we put into acquiring a customer? And then everything we do is email based. So I can't figure out that metric, but I feel like it's pretty good.
2: I'll tell you a simple way to think about this. So cat part, I think you understand that you just need to figure out how much you're making in revenue and you divide that by the number of subscribers. But the LTV part, the simple back of the envelope calculation is you take your average monthly value, like that somebody pays you or engagement you might get and divide that by the churn rate. And then you get your very like ballpark estimate of what your LTV number is. Mm -hmm. So let's do an example of that. Let's say you're a candy subscription business, $10 a month candy, and your churn rate is 10% per month. And let's say that your margins are 40%. So you make $4 for every subscription order. Mm -hmm. So you divide four by 10%, which is four divided by one over 10. And that gives you $40. So your average LTV is around $40. So what this tells you is like, let's say they want to manage a four to one ratio. That means their cash should be below $10 for them to have a healthy business.
1: You brought up the term managing to the ratio. How much when you're running a D to C business, which is the type of business we were talking about yesterday, are you sitting there saying, well, I don't want these customers because they mess up my ratio as opposed to drive more revenue? When the business makes a dollar, it's worth it because it puts a dollar in my pocket. It doesn't matter, you know, unless I am spending money to make that, right? As opposed to when you're trying to sell your business, you need to have these metrics that look good because that's how people are essentially evaluating the future growth. Mm -hmm. How much do you manage to the number?
2: So the answer is a little bit of both. So what you have to do is your LTV to is the health of your customers, but it's not the entire health of your business. Because your business, depending on what stage you're in, so let's say that your EBITDA is $10 million, you have a certain ability to get an investment or get acquired that is going to be a multiple of EBITDA. That defines what your range of acquisition value is going to be. You still need that number. So you need to have volume. But as you increase volume, what these investors want to see is you're not degrading the value of your customer.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, the investment community is looking to buy big businesses with big futures and high potential profitability. That's right. And so they're using these metrics to not only understand what's the potential market cap, but how efficient is it in terms of turning their marketing spend into realized revenue?
2: Absolutely. There are two other metrics that tend to jump out. And I want to go back to the first thing I was mentioning to you. So when I chatted with all these private equity shops and investment banks, I got them to send me a lot of their decks of what analysis their teams put together as they're either diligencing a company to buy or putting the investment deck together and combined all of the charts. that I looked at like thousands of charts and basically it turns out that there are three or four metrics. So you mentioned a few of them, which is like growth and every, your, your actual business is growing at a certain pace and the amount of customers you have, you certainly need that. But you also need your LTV to CAC ratio your payback period, how long does it take you to like actually get that customer to be profitable? And then what percentage of your customer base is lifetime profitable or lifetime unprofitable? And then the last metric is your retention. What are your return rates looking like? All of those are inevitably has shown up in every single deck irrelevant of which investor or which investment bank we talk to. There are other ones that we can go into, but these four are like just there every single time.
1: Essentially, it's what's the value of a customer relationship? What's the probability that that customer is going to become valuable? How long does it take for you to turn that customer into a valuable relationship? And how likely are you to keep that customer around and have the opportunity to continue to sell to them? Exactly. It all sounds very logical. With that said, I feel like going through the process of actually selling your business and determining these metrics... It's probably pretty complicated. For those businesses that are trying to figure out what their valuation should be, for the businesses that are trying to figure out how to manage their marketing efforts to make sure that they're putting their best forward, what advice do you have to not only manage the marketing operations to make sure these metrics look good, but also to drive as much revenue and value as you can for the company?
2: I've already done all the research for you guys. If you guys ever want to understand like what these reports look like and what are the most important ones I've seen on these decks, if you just Google the word quality of customers report, that will take you to the landing page that has a sample report on a company with their real data on what some of these numbers and charts need to look like
1: quality of customers report. Let's make sure we get that in the show notes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we've kind of kept it very similar to the quality of earnings report that these businesses, these PE shops and investment banks are already used to looking at. So everything to them will be super familiar. Now, you're absolutely right. It's very hard to do. Like actually getting to these metrics is fairly complicated. And to put in a shameless plug, basically, we've also automated that process. So if a company has on Shopify, they can literally connect to like You know, Retina's app. And then within a couple of hours, they would get this report emailed to them along with a benchmark report from one of their competitors. And we do that through a separate data set that we buy that is anonymized transaction histories of random consumers that help us like give people benchmark data as well.
1: That just seemed like a plug, not a shameless plug, but I appreciate you calling it out. (laughs) All right, Ahmad, I appreciate you walking us through the difference between the CAC and LTV ratios and talking to us about some of the ways that our marketing ratios dictate the value of potential acquisitions. Thanks for coming on and being my guest.
2: It was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
1: All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Ahmad Hassan, the co-founder and CEO of Retina AI for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with mod, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Ahmadul Hassan E-M-A-D-U-L-H-A-S-A-N, or you can visit his company's website, which is retina.ai, R-E-T-I-N-A dot A-I. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests.